Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Gonna get my levels set here straight out. So happy to have you here with me on this Saturday morning. That's for you, Marilyn. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. That's right. Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. I have to do everything myself. Dave Luna has a staff. I have no staff. But soon to be, hopefully, anyway, uh, what is it, Saturday, February something, 20, oh, 22nd. Hope to see some of you tonight at the uh, all-you-can-eat crab over there at the over there at the Pavilion Building. Merced Rotary having a beautiful crab fest. The weather, I'll tell you, nice weather, but uh, we need some rain, folks. It shouldn't be like this. Unseasonable weather. I tell you, the grass is growing. I hear people actually irrigating out there. I don't know. I hear it's true, but... We have in studio a very special guest. Uh, I didn't know he was going to come in, or I would have uh, kind of previewed it last week. So I know a lot of people tune in and listen. Of course, uh, we did have Mike Vialta, Tony Whitehurst. We had Vern Warnke in last week. What a what a great uh, great guest Vern was. Of course, he was talking about many things, but one of them a public safety tax that's uh, coming up in the uh, November ballot with the county. They're actually doing a public safety survey. But my guest today. Let me introduce him before he falls asleep here, waiting to be introduced, is none other than the many, many titles. The, the way I know this gentleman, he was the president of the Merced County Farm Bureau when I threw my hat into the ring a couple of times, and I've seen him at the Merced County Fair. His wife helps uh, out with CASA, as I do. None other than Joe Scotto. How are you, Joe? Good, good. Casey, yeah, Casey Steed, as I call you, I'm glad to... Uh, be your guest today. Uh, really, really appreciate the invite, and uh, hope we can talk some good news here. We are. Joe's a little nervous, folks, and uh, you know he's a great guy. You may see him out in the community, and he has a twin brother. And when you see him, it's hard to get him. Uh, you know, you don't know which name, but Joe's the good-looking one, right? Is that how you tell the difference? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Got to ask my mom and dad on that one. But you do have a twin brother, right? Yes, I do. And his name is Augie. Augie, and uh, you're in the family farming business for third or fourth generation. Third generation. Yep. And you guys grow a lot of various crops, don't you? Yeah, our main crops: tomatoes, almonds, corn, cotton, wheat, alfalfa. That's the main so. ones. And uh, what part of the, the county are you in? Are you out there on the east side, the west side? Where are you at? We're, we're on the, a little bit on the west side. We're here mainly on the uh, east side here, you know, Merced, Planada. Le Grand area? Lee Grand, uh, Dos Palace area, yep. Were you impacted by all that freeway construction when they widened 99 and took out all those orchards and any of that? Uh, just a little bit right there, but it, just a little bit on one of our fields were impacted right right around the McHenry area there, you know. It's amazing how wide that freeway became in the old 99. That's nice, though. Tra- I tell you what, when you're moving equipment now from side to side, that uh, mission overpass has really paid off. We got in a lot of trouble on Child's overhead once in a while. Yeah, well, I know that uh, there was talk about making 152 a toll road years ago. Uh, oh, through yeah. Los Banos, and I know the farmers were uh, ranchers and really concerned people that move ag because you can imagine that being a toll road. And whole thing on that was, I guess, to pay for Santa Clara's improvements uh, uh, on our dime. But again, Joe has uh, not only uh, past president of the Merced County Farm Bureau, but also school board member. And I forget yes. what school district. I don't think I asked you what school district you were a uh, board M- member. McSwain. McSwain. Yes. And that's uh that's been there a, twenty some years. Yeah. Are you still on the board? Yes, there? I am. Yes, I am. Oh, still yep. a school. No, so not a former really, board. Really, man. really good school. I mean, we got a little community school there. A lot of involvement and uh, really, really good education. High, high scores. 
Well, I, I think you're being very, uh, very modest because McSwain, is, as I know it, is one of the top performing schools in the district. Yes, we are. And for the size of that school, I mean, if you blink on uh, Highway 140, you're going to miss McSwain. But it's just the one little school there, right? That's it. Yep. We got an east campus and a west campus. and All right there on that facility? K-8, right there, yep. And, and that's grade, uh, the whole thing? Yeah, we got a TK and we go TK to 8, yep. Wow, unbelievable. No, McSwain School District... Uh, Always getting awards out there. Very kind of kind of ag-related, too, isn't it? Yep. Yep, yep. I know a few years ago, one of the things that uh, I was disappointed, the school district kind of cut back on some of the gate programs, the programs that uh, uh, some of the, I, I won't say gifted in a bad way, but, you know, some of the students that were accelerating uh, or showed some promise, they kind of cut back on some of those programs to even out the field, uh, spread the money around. And I know McSwain, I think, suffered a little bit because of that, but, again, a great School district out there, really a lot of parental involvement. Isn't that what it comes oh, yes. down to? Yeah, the community, the parent, a lot of, lot of involvement there. That's what makes it real good. I know, that, and the real estate ain't cheap out there either because, again, that school district literally sells sells itself out there. People move out there just for the school district and to raise right. their kids. Yes. So, again, uh, and uh, now we were talking about something else. What else have you done besides school board member, current school board member, past Farm Bureau president, farmer, yeah, third um, generation? Yep, I'm also a uh, uh, Merced Irrigation District advisory, advisory Committee member. That's right, because I believe uh, the Merced Irrigation District just had a board meeting to uh, talk about our water rates. Yeah. Any, any news you can give us? Oh, uh, that's another subject, but uh, we'll have to get in on that one on another mm-hmm. show. But uh, anyways, no, the, the, the water season's going to start March 1st. No we, kidding. We talked about that. Yeah, March I mean, 1st. We're dry enough, yeah, that we're, we're uh, going to need to uh Folks, that's gonna two weeks away. Water. Yes, that's so, that's uh that's next sun a week from a week from tomorrow. Yep, we're gonna start diverting water and filling the system. We need it. <sighs> Boy, that's not good. Well, I I understand, and maybe you can correct me if I if I'm talking out of school. One year, not so bad, but if this goes next year, three years, we're really. Oh yeah, yep. Not good. We're gonna right? be in dire straits because we got what six hundred and around six hundred and thirty something acre feet in, in the storage. reservoir, and, mm-hmm. and what do we got? Like forty percent snowpack which yeah. is nothing you know water content's not there so i mean we got one season in there so then, after uh, one season folks we really need it and it's not over yet but it's not looking good right when they're starting to fill the reservoir so uh or starting to fill the the distribution system and of course joe uh again we could probably talk a whole show about sustainable groundwater management act sigma right in the middle of the public comment portion i think it was you or another farmer was telling me once that when we were doing a lot of drafting or drilling of wells and having to run power to some of these wells, and then when the surface water supplies became available, it was almost cheaper to run the wells, or it was a, a, a trade-off because you had to buy so much power from the utility uh, to pump, or, or because they had to run power to some of these wells. Do you remember that, or was that somebody else? Oh, yeah, else no, that's, that's part of the deal. Yeah, there's, uh, you, you either you sign up uh, for a contract you know, for PG&E to put, run power to your well, and you have to run X amount of kilowatt hours to pay that contract back for reimburse reimbursing them for uh, running the power mm-hmm. and uh, so you had to run your well mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to make them a big check yeah yeah it's, it's a tough you got know, it you, you got to use it or lose it and that's the whole problem to build those facilities to bring you the power you got to run your well and one way i think would not to run wells would be to have more impoundment i'm sure you're for storage oh. more above ground storage we don't let me tell you as a farmer and there any other farmer in the di- in the district in the in the valley nobody wants to run their wells we would turn every switch off if we could have surface water and that's why it, 
storage is important. What's the last reservoir? 1978, 79, Hetch Hetchy? That was... Uh, my, my New Maloney's? Yeah. That was the last one that was built right mm-hmm. there. No, it's it's really sad, and we have a lot of valleys up there that we could impound. Even just adding a few feet on top of the dam, I mean, being on the MID board or advisory, you understand, that's been a, a real tough one, and we're right. still hoping for that license. I, I heard uh, at the uh, growers' uh, lunch, they... They said we haven't heard anything from the state, and that's good news because, you know, sometimes not hearing, at least you just continue the way you're going, waiting for that shoe to drop, again, uh, state water board, yeah. uh, waiting for their decision on these unimpaired flows. So we have the surface water, uh, groundwater concerns, and now the surface water flows being told to release water uh, out of the dam just for, for flows, which uh, the biological opinions don't really support a lot of uh, infighting there. It's not... Just as easy as digging a hole in the ground and putting a seed in, is it, as some uh, presidential candidate uh, might have us believe, is it? That's right. They don't understand. You, you You don't just dig a hole and put the seed in there and water it, no. You, you might way. you might get it established, but we're always hit with Mother Nature. When Mother Nature wipes you out, who's going to pay your line of credit off? That's a, when you get prices that are below cost of production, who's going to pay your line of credit off? That's that's what uh, that candidate forgot to mention. Well, and you've seen here in Merced County, uh, dairy used to be number one, now taking a second place to nuts, which uh, ro- the permanent crop, I believe, nut trees are. So... Uh, you know, it's, it's really changed, and you kind of had to roll with the punches, I imagine. Sure. Yeah, we've lost crops. I mean, hey, uh, the, one, of the, one of our main crops, you know, hey, we, there were, when we first started business years ago in 79 and 80, we, there were 23 shippers of tomatoes, fresh market tomato, in the state of California. We're down to seven, and we're one of seven. Wow. And where's it all coming from? It's all being imported, right? And they can grow it cheaper than we can. So when you can't... Uh, Get a return on your investment. What do you do? You change your crop, but pretty quick when you're only down to one crop, mm-hmm. and everybody's growing that same crop, things well, have to happen. A lot of people are in almonds right now, aren't they? That's right. Yeah, that's a big one. Well, one of the uh, the things that is affecting all of us is uh, taxes and the cost to do business in the state of California. You know, Joe has talked a little bit about it. We've talked about it on the air. One of the big things coming up on your uh, ballot, and there is an election coming up March 3rd, just a couple of Tuesdays from now, a lot of people have already got the ballot. Hopefully, you've got the voter information pamphlet that's supposed to go with it so that you know what you're looking at. And there's a big one on there, actually two big ones, Proposition 13, which is a statewide initiative, a general bond initiative, which uh, these have to only pass by 55%. This is one of the reasons uh, they uh, go this route. It's an easy threshold, easier threshold than the 66 and two-thirds thresholds you have to uh, have with a uh, regular specific different type of bonds. But another big one here locally in the county, there's a, there's a Measure O in Atwater, but Measure J in the county of Merced, the county of Fresno, and the county of Madera. Three different counties, and this is a $600 million bond. And when I say $600 million, that's the cost to pay it off, about $617 million. And jump in, Joe, anything I'm saying wrong here. But about $617 million, I believe the uh, usable amount is about two forty-seven. And this is to uh, redo a lot of buildings out there at Merced College. Questionable what it's going to do out at the West Campus, the Los Banas Campus. There's been some uh, commitment, but nothing really really firmed up that I can see. And uh, it's, it's no, no secret that there's been a lot of contention in the uh, local media and the local papers this week. Two op-eds 
written in the Merced County Times. Uh, folks will probably have it by the time this goes to air. It just came out as we're recording this, and two very different takes on the uh, on the Measure J. One voting, uh, one asking you to vote no, one asking you to vote yes. And uh, Bob Hall, Robert Hall, who used to own or still does he still have uh, the sheet metal business? Uh, uh, yeah, he, I think he sold it to, and he still works with them, you know. And then Rick, Rick, Rick Kirby, else. we all know Kirby Manufacturing, one of the great local success stories here. They make these feeders and farm uh, equipment, and they're asking for a no vote because of concerns with the way, uh, again, it's a general obligation bond, similar to what Prop 13 is on the state ballot. And there's four different kinds of bonds that school districts can request to support from local taxpayers. Actually, there's a fifth one I just found out about. General obligation bonds, special facility elections, parcel tax elections, and sales tax elections. There's another one called... Certificates of Participation, yeah, COPs. In fact, we uh, put up a new uh, gymnasium at McSwain uh, using uh, Certificates of Participation. And, and uh, as, as uh, we talked about the pass rate or the success, uh, success rate with 55%, it's a little bit greater than 66% passage. But the thing is, folks, we have a bond from Merced College that's already on our sales, ta- already on our property tax, that we're paying at the rate of twelve fifty per $100,000. This new one would be $25 per $100,000 of assessed value. And I should mention, this is not only secured, but unsecured roles. And just to let you know what unsecured is, that's equipment, things that you may use. Like on the farm, Joe, you have the land. But that's secured. Yes. And then your unsecured is the tractors. Tractors, the, discs, welders, any, tools, anything that's portable, or irrigation filters, anything, anything above ground. That's your, used your for the business. pump on your well. Mm-hmm. All that, anything that you can pick up and move, that's unsecured. We pay tax on that in June, July, in the summertime, and that's at, at the same rate. And then, of course, everybody knows your property tax bill comes in. Yeah. November, right? Yep. And due December the... December 10th for those that there wait till the go. last minute. You know, my mom always said there were two poor payers. She was in banking, worked at Bank of America. She said uh, there are ones that pay too early and the ones that pay too late. You always pay on time. So if it's due the 10th, that's when I know. And hey, guess what's coming up April 10th? The second there payment. We're out of the first segment. Uh, Going to get to know our guest, Joe Scotto, president, past president of Merced County Farm Bureau, current board member of McSwain School District, one of the success stories here in Merced County. I'm Casey Steed, the voice of your Valley on Merced's News Talk. We're out of the first segment. We'll be right back. Stick with us. It's going to get fun. of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, Yosemite, the big San Joaquin Valley, the biggest garden, the most successful experiment in the whole world. And we have one of the folks, one of the farming families that's uh, been doing it for three generations here in our valley, very, very successful, Joe Scotto, the past president of the Merced County Farm Bureau, Current board member, McSwain School District. Uh, 
Citizens advisor to MIDAC on the Merced Irrigation District. Merced Irrigation District again. Just Past president historical society. I always like to give a, a <laughs> thumbs up to those guys because I tell you what, I love history. It's a great place over there. Uh, their MID uh, having their 100th uh, year. They had a nice exhibit over there. I don't know if it's still up or not, but yes, uh, yes, it is. Had a wonderful, uh, wonderful party. That was one of the best parties that night when they uh, when they uh, christened that. But we're talking about Measure J, which is on your ballot. And, uh, you know, if you haven't filled it out, folks, you really need to enlighten yourself. There's a couple of editorials in this week's Merced County Times, one's for, one's against. The one against says something that I think both people agree. We do not know of anyone, including us, these are the folks that are against it, that are against teaching children and modernizing school facilities. Why did the Merced College Board of Trustees choose a general obligation bond? And, again, I'd say because it's low-hanging fruit, but... Nobody's uh, nobody's saying there. You know, there may not be a need, though. Though some of the needs, I mean, you know, in the voter pamphlet, it talks about lead and asbestos, and uh, I don't think our school children are being taught. Or the children, or the young men and women over there at Merced College, they're not in those kind of classrooms. There may be something in a back room that hasn't been addressed for over the years, but this is not the predominant scene you see at Merced College. No, it shouldn't be. I mean, in this day and age, we're we're twenty twenty, things like that. It should, they should should have been cleared up with uh, H, right? And H is the bond we talked about, the twelve fifty per hundred thousand. And we see in expense reports that they have to put out that there are new things being built. There are, I think, this new agricultural building is being built out of uh, the, the former H and some other money that we're getting, which is kind of interesting. The uh, there's an editorial in the same paper against. Uh, or excuse me, for Measure J, and it says, remember, it might take 15 or more years to spend the bond money in a way that covers as many needs as possible. That is what has happened with the 2002 bond. And again, you're paying on it now. It expires in 2023. We are just now using the last of that money to build the new agricultural and industrial technologies complex on the Merced campus. This 2020 bond has a similar long-range plan to make the college an even better place to train our future workforce. Well, I know that in this new bond proposal, they talk about ag and this and that. So there's kind of some double-ups there. There's also some misinformation about the length of the bond. While the old bond was 20 years, this one is double that, 40 years. Now, there is some literature. There are some letters that have been put out as recently as last month by the Merced College Foundation that are incorrect that say 30 years. It's wrong. In your voter pamphlet, again, getting that information before the test, before the Scantron, is important to read to know that it goes to 2061. Okay, not 30 years. That would be 2051. So we need to get the uh, parameters straight. And, folks, here's the, here's the reality. The enrollments are going down. Since 2014 to currently, uh, and, and these are numbers that are published by the college, and I'm not going to get into the minutia, but it's over 10%. 10 to 12 percent, over 10 percent, from 13,000 to 11,000. The whole state's in declining enrollment. You know, that that's the, the biggest problem. I mean, we got a ma- uh, major exodus going on here, and one of the reasons is the high cost of living. Right. And so the question would be, why do you need to have more facilities if you have less people? Exactly. And then the other side of that coin is online e-enrollment, this online enrollment. You see it on, you know, Canyon or the whatever, you know, get your online degree and you can do all of this online. And that enrollment is increasing at Merced College. So again, I don't know if we're, uh, you know, some of the numbers are getting fuzzy there. You could say, yeah, enrollment's increasing, but actually butts in seats as opposed to, 
you know, sitting at home uh, at the comfort of your computer, that's a little different. And I think we need to be clear on that. And when we look at projections, and Joe, again, being a school board member, you get some publications that indicate the future oh, yeah. is indicating what? Oh, yeah, the future it even states in that letter right there, you know, the the future, hey, we're, we're heading for a cliff. Right. In the last uh, 50 years, there were three out of five individuals that were school-aged children. Mm-hmm. In the next 10, we're going to have one out of three that's going to be a school-aged child. Mm-hmm. That goes to show you right there that we're in declining enrollment. And everybody's feeling the pain, the, the whole state. What, 39 out of the, the 58 counties in California have experienced in, in, the, in, the, in those 39 counties in the last eight years, they've shown population declines. Where well, are they going? They're well, going to Idaho. They're going to Nevada. They're going to Texas. Mm-hmm. I just had lunch with an individual today. He, uh, he knows a guy in, uh, in the Silicon Valley, real well-to-do man. And makes a lot of lot of money. He's moving him and his two school aged children, the whole family. They're getting out. They're tired. Mm-hmm. And reason, the cost of living, too much tax, too much burden. They're moving out of state. They're already they've already done it. And, and it's really it's, it's what it gets to. When we had Mike Vialta and Tony Whitehurst in here a couple of weeks ago, they talked about taking the equity out of your city. You know, ask yourself: is, Does your city have everything it needs? You know, the six incorporated cities. Joe's asking the question from, you know, a, a farmer, rancher standpoint, having his uh, property, his unsecured property assessed more and more and more for a need that's not clearly defined, uh, a need that's, you know, we're, we're addressing with the current taxation right now. And how much more can business, can property owners uh, assume, how much more burden can they take when it's not coming back from California? Now, the opposition will say, Joe, if uh, they get Prop 13 in, well, there's matching money. Well, we all pay our taxes out of the same bank account, the same wallet. I mean, the, the checks may be to two different entities, but the money comes all out of the same pot, isn't it? Exactly. And, uh, you know, you know, agriculture, that's why everybody thinks that, you know, the farmers, it's not just the farmers that are upset about new taxes. It's everybody. It's businesses. It's families deciding whether they want to buy a house and a car or have a child. That's wrong. You're exactly right. You, you should be able to have a family and still sustain yourself and, and grow the way you want to grow. You should be able to, to do what you want to do. And instead, they're penalizing you. So that's why they're leaving. And that's sad because, you know, there's got to be other ways. We just talked about it. There, there's, there's four different, five different methods to fund school facilities. I know mm-hmm. that. I've been down that road before. Well, I'm sure that, you we, know. Yeah. We, we, we didn't go for a general obligation bond. We chose a community facilities district, mm-hmm. which taxes the residences. The residences make children, not the unsecured equipment, the discs, the welders, the, the tools in the, in the mechanic shop, the plumber's wrenches. Those, those don't make children. Mm-hmm. Houses make children, and we got to start thinking. California's got to start thinking about smarter ways how to fund facilities. You said it earlier. There's nobody that's against educating children and and having them in, in good facilities. It's the funding method that needs to be fixed. Yeah, when we talk about facilities, folks, uh, Joe and I were talking off the air. I went to Hoover junior high over there on Glen, and uh, it's still the same building. They maybe put some new units on and added some upgrades. You know, there's conduits ran down the side for the new technology, and they've got Wi-Fi. But those buildings, I think, you know, are, are still 
usable, especially in the funding sources we have. And out at Merced College, we're looking at buildings that are literally only 40 years old. A lot have been replaced. A lot have been remodeled. A lot has done. They've got a new library. They've got a new this. They've got a new that. And some of these asks or uh, I think, more wants than needs. And I, I think maybe one of the biggest things they're building over there, I don't know if there's an ego building or not, but it just seems to me that some of these things are just a little premature when we're looking at the economic climate. And when we look at what other school facilities, I mean, OLM, do I have to talk about a private institution exactly right. that, that is teaching most of the folks that uh, talk about these issues one way or another? It seems to be perfectly fine over there. And again, I think it gets down to the people we have in the institutions, those sorts of things. Again, not that we're against new facilities. And I think you could maybe speak a little bit to the West Side. They have some concerns that, uh, you know, they were promised a new ag building or a new this or a new that. Well, that's not in concrete. And the board of directors over there at the college district can change at a whim where this money goes, right? Because, again, it's a general obligation bond. It's almost like going into the general fund, if you will. Mm-hmm. That's why and they have that run. on facilities. Whatever they want. Uh, land acquisition, vehicles, training to learn the new facility. I mean, it's really broad. And, right. I, and I think maybe that's maybe some of the concerns out there in the community that, hey, you know, kind of tighten up what you guys are using this for. And maybe, you know, 40 years, $600 million. That's a lot of interest, man. Hey, with we talked about it. Declining enrollment. Okay. I live in a home that's over 100 years old. I live in one of the on one of the original ranches from the Crocker Huffman. I remember that name. Company, big, right? big people here. There was the Bellevue Ranch and there was the ranch that I live on. The Crocker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Okay. I live in that home. I was raised in it. My mom and dad. Everybody, okay. So my kids were raised in there. We've remodeled that house. I don't know how many times. Mm-hmm. Been, it's been remodeled and painted, but it's the same structure. Mm-hmm. Still raising kids. Still works. Well, and still works. Out there at Merced College, there's, uh, and again, you know, the numbers, and this is where I think, look, they're going to have to tear down some buildings. There was uh, some documents about, I think it was 23 or so buildings uh, tearing down. Some folks are saying, oh, no, it's not that many. Yeah, it's that many from the from the from uh, the, oh, their own document. Their own document, they have a legend, existing and removed, the 2019 facilities master plan. You have new construction, change of use. Yeah, there's a few buildings that are going to change use, like the Lesher Library, the Student Union Building, uh, the theater, the commerce, uh, communication building, whatever. But there's... A lot in here, and, and there's more than uh, approximately 23 that are going to be removed, El demoed, to make room for what they would like to do, these new buildings. And, you know, the people are saying, oh, that's not 23. Well, you can look on the facilities master plan. It's, it's more, than, more than what they're saying. So there is going to be demolition. Let's, let's, not, let's not say there, there isn't going to be demolition. There will be. Now, whether it needs to be done or not, that's kind of the question. And whether or not these buildings could be maybe done a different way, a different vehicle, exactly. more remodel. specific. Do we, need, do we need to completely demo them? I mean, remodel them. Mm-hmm. Have, have they really looked into exactly saving cost-cutting here? Right. right. A specific list. And I know there's this big If I glossy. can't afford a new shop, I'm going to remodel the old one, right? Right. Well, and that's, and that's really good get what it gets down to. Can we afford that? And realize that Prop 13 which is on the state ballot, which, again, the, the folks will say, well, this is where the matching money is coming from. Let me tell you how they get there. They change the assessed value that they can bond against. School districts from 1.5% to 2%, which are coming in your November ballot, too. And, again, we've heard it. We've heard it from uh, our own sheriff, public safety tax countywide. 
uh, Merced Union High School District, I believe, or the uh, city school district's coming out with a, a bond. I understand the uh, Winton School District's coming out with a bond. I believe McSwain had one not a couple of years ago or a few years ago. I'm not sure. Yeah, that was way back. Way yeah. back. But again, you know, they come. So they're going to be coming to you, too. Uh, yeah, wait till no, wait till November. Those are coming. Right. So 25 to 4% for the college districts, they can go against the assessed value. Again, this matching money. And then in November, there's a real attack on commercial property, which, again, I don't know if the farmers, are, if you make your, your living from farming, they're going to consider that your livelihood and tax it again every three years. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about what's coming in November here. In Sacramento right now, there's a, a split-roll tax initiative, okay? It's known right now as the California School and Locals Community Funding Act of 2020. This is, it's known as 19-008, and this measure would establish a split-roll property tax that would reassess commercial and industrial property, including agricultural facilities. Every three years. So Barbara Levy is going to have to go out there. Some of these folks, it's really interesting to me because some of these folks that are kind of for this uh, Measure J, they're totally against Prop 13 in March and really against this one coming in November. But they don't realize J's the same thing, man. They're coming after your property. They're going to get it one way or another. And these folks that have commercial property that haven't been reincested 40, 50 years, wake up. Smell the coffee because it's going to be every three years. There's not going to be any meat left on the bone. And this is where they're getting, again, the matching money. And this tax initiative Joe's talking about, $6 billion a year goes to, guess what, community colleges. That's the matching funds, folks. Hey, we're out of the second segment. Only one more to go in the 8 o'clock hour. So much more to talk about. A lot of information out there, and we're just trying to get it to you. Here on Citizen Watch, every Saturday morning, my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll be right back. Press the right buttons. Saturday morning, Citizen Watch, February 22nd, 2020. 20, 20, 20. Man, we need some, you know, it's cloudy. I don't think it's rain. I don't think it's rain clouds. We need rain. We need rain, folks. We need a March miracle. Remember that? Back in 97, 98. Whew, flooded. Damn near flooded the whole valley. Flooded Yosemite. Hey, here we are, Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steed, KYOS. Here, we, you know who we are. We've got Joe uh, Scotto, farmer. Third generation family kids. You got kids, your wife, oh, your yeah. lovely wife. You've got how many kids? A lot of kids out there on the farm. You got grandkids now. And I got a I got a son. He's thirty years old. Lauren. He's he's a. Hopefully he can be the fourth generation. We're mm. trying, but I tell you what, the way things are going, it's tough. Harder and harder to do business. We deal. I, uh, I I talk about that all the time. My brother and I. People don't believe this. We go to the Midwest all the time and talk to farmers back there and they just go oh my god when we tell them the whole story it takes about a half hour right mm-hmm. but anyways we deal with over 50 different agencies we pay fees dues assessments file paperwork with over 50 different agencies just to be in business just for us to farm right remember all you got to do is put open the ground put Dig the seed hole, in there put, the seed, put a little there water easy and they laugh about it but anyways getting back there i gotta plug for my wife you know i gotta i gotta make sure that she's a kathy she i love her to death we've been married what 34 years you know all in a row all in a row buddy and um 
So she's she's involved in the community a lot. Oh, she's Cause great. advocate, you know, Catholic charities we're both involved in. She's she uh, uh make a wish. Oh hey, make all wish, good yeah. organizations. Yeah. We all we donate. That's one thing about agriculture. We give a lot to the community. I tell you what, when my kid graduated high school, Lauren, and he got those scholarships in that scholarship assembly award ceremony, I would say eighty percent was agriculture. Yeah. That's how much we give. Oh, right? I, I, and through up and down the valley. Good causes. No, his wife, Kathy, a fixture. They're fixtures in the community. And then my daughter, Stephanie, she's a jewel in my eye. She's getting married in May. Oh, well, congratulations. So there you go. Yep. So anyways. No, a great family. And like I say, his brother, Augie, they're just characters. Just characters. Always great to see him out and about. The puka shell ne- necklace has not let that go from the 70s. He's still, my bro- my friend Tomasetti, I call him my brother because he's a good friend of mine, Robert Tomasetti. Joe and I could have stories about that little guy oh, sometimes. Oh, yeah. But drive us both crazy sometimes, I think. But, the Italian uh, community really got a lot of stories about. Yeah, that. he does. He does. You know, and Joe. Joe's a fixture over there at the Itlow Lodge. We see him over there, and a lot of fun over there. Of course, we just lost. You know, Michael Salvadori. Yes, as you know, that yes, was a big one. A big impact. And, you know, another uh, person. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, Mr. Pimentel passing yes. away. That was a uh, talk. Just a minute about Billy. Uh, that was very tragic. Too young. It was Wyatt is or why? I'm sorry. Grandson. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Su- Susie's uh, child and and uh, Randy, Randy and Susie Pimentel. Yeah, real yeah. real good kid. You know and you know, nobody wants to see their children go first. And boy, no. I tell you what, that was a big ceremony out there a couple Saturdays ago. And and uh, wow, a lot of lot of lot of friendship, a lot of lot of it was a good sending away. You know, I mean, it was a lot of love in this community. The yes. Pimentel family, huge in this community. Yes. Big, yes. big, big, very big, uh, giving families. And you know, hey, they give a lot of support and everything else too. You know, good family. And then, you know, that's really kind of gets the essence, you know, of our valley. You know, we, we care. Everybody, you know, we're, we're rowing the boat in the same direction, and everybody really wants the best thing. We just have to make an environment that we can make a little money and keep it going to the fourth generation. It's funny how many, uh, whether it be an electrical contractor or any kind of family business, it's hard to get past that third or fourth generation. It really exactly. is. Exactly. Usually by that time, uh, you're either so jaded or so spoiled, you don't know how to go on or you've sold out or something, and to keep it in the family year after year after year and I know some of the folks that uh, are for this bond measure, uh, you know, have a lot of agricultural ties, current ties. You know, it's very difficult to do business in the existing in the existing environment and to stay in business. So, um, again, going back to Measure J, some of the things that have been talked about are, you know, are enrollments declining? Yes, they are. Is there really a need? Well, yeah, but do we need to do 23 buildings, all of this stuff? Is there maybe some more commitments that could be given to Las Banas to the west side if they do have some needs? There was some concerns whether everything was fulfilled in the last bond measure. Exactly. And we've heard this uh, not only with the college, but with other school districts. Uh, we said high school district, you know, gyms uh, were supposed to be built, schools were supposed, you know, uh, uh, a lot of different things, you know, over the years. This money is intended for good things. <laughs> I won't even get Joe started on the water bond that we were supposed to be building dams with by now. We haven't used a damn bit of it for what that was intended right. for. So sometimes we get led down the path on this bonds and what sounds good uh, isn't so hot. And the, and the rate of payback, three quarters, well, two thirds of a billion. Six hundred seventeen million is a lot of money. Uh, I took issue last week on my show where folks were called liars in the voters' pamphlets, where good folks on both sides are just expressing their opinions. And I think to get to the point where we're saying that these are lies is completely wrong. I I, I don't agree with that. Do you? No, I, I you know I I, I feel that uh, the agriculture community 
we're all straight shooters. I tell you what, we're we're all individuals that help each other try to make it from year to year. You know, farmers, you know, we don't go by years of service. We don't we don't look at at you know, hey, you worked for XYZ company for 20 years, right? No. We go by summers. We go by seasons. A farmer, my dad's 84 years old. He's he's had how many summers in his life? We go by summers and seasons, okay? And you remember every season, you remember every summer. And you have neighbors that helped you, and you helped other neighbors get, get by, right? Mm-hmm. So to lie, we're not lying. All we want to do is make sure that we spend our dollars wisely. We budget ourselves every year. We want to make sure that we come out in the end so we can keep going again. That's all we want to do. So to, to have the college come out and just throw something out there, hey, we need this much money, right? And it seems just, so just throw it at me. It just, seems so sudden, Joe. When we look at kind of the evolution, we had Ben Duran out there for a lot of years, and I was very concerned with the when the accreditation was threatened out there. Uh, the college was very close to losing their accreditation. We had some interim presidents, and then we got Mr. Vitelli. Uh, and and suddenly, after three years, the place has fallen apart. And we have this big plan that was put together by some consultants. And again, I, I look at it as a wish list something that we just love to do if money was no limit. And I think money is a limit. And that's what we're talking about, is we have to, in this county, in this city, and in this state, for God's sakes, really need to get our priorities straight if we're going to continue down this road. Exactly. These 40-year bonds add up. One of the things in, in the uh, arguments against was the number of bonds that we've already passed over the years. I think we're up to $11 billion with a B. Uh-huh. And again, folks, this is really big money that we're on the hook for. If you look at your property tax bill, I brought mine in. I read it to everybody. There's six items. The only one I agree with is the mosquito abatement. Everything else is, you know, school districts, and it says voter approved. It doesn't say property owner approved. But Joe, who pays it when the voter approves it? That's We do. Yeah. There's there's only one person left. And, and everybody blames agriculture. I'm going to go back to that again. Well, yeah. Well, we're the number one industry in the valley. Right. So who else are you going to point the finger at, right? Mm-hmm. But we're price takers. We're not price makers. Mm-mm. So, you know, if you're going to vote a, a, a rate increase, a tax increase to a big corporation, a big store, what are they going to do? They're going to raise their price, right? They're going to pass it on. You don't They're think Rick, pass it on. Rick Kirby, when he gets assessed for all that equipment, all those welders, all those people, well, not the people, but all the equipment, he's going to have to pass those costs along. It's the cost of production, right, Joe? Right. It's simple economics. It may be a seed in a hole, but the seed costs something. It costs something to dig the hole, and it costs something for the water. Right. And we're the, the ultimate payer is the farmer. Yeah. And then when I'm getting 1980 prices... Or I lose my crop to some yeah. Mother Nature disaster or whatever, right? Okay, so who's going to pay that property tax? Remember, it comes every year. Every year. And we have to pay it, regardless if we get to pump water or not. Right. They're going to curtail our water allotment one day when Sigma comes into play. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have people that are going to say, you know what? Here, I can't pump water, and you won't give me any surface water, so I can't pay my tax bill. Well, you know, you talked about the 50 agencies or so that you have to deal with. Hisham Iqtel at the growers meeting said, look, don't shoot the messenger, but there's going to be new regulations with Sigma. And I don't know if we're literally talking about a meter on everybody's well, but there's reporting that's going to have to be done what you draft, correct? Exactly right. Pump was on so many hours. It pumped so many gallons a minute, X, Y, Z. And they're going to start doing, uh, I understand, flyovers. They're going to start, if there's subsidence, you might get a visit. Hey, are you pumping over there? What are you doing with that hole? You think it's your property, folks? And these taxes, these burdens that we're putting on, are just more and more that someday they won't be able to be passed along. I mean, you got to be getting close to the breaking point now. 
Oh. We, we see people leaving all the time. I mean, there's not a lot of family farm businesses going on, is there? No. That's why everybody, they're saying they're getting bigger and bigger, corporate farms, corporate farms. You can't say that. you got to, what's happening are the children are leaving that farm, that, that, that family that's owned that property for 50, 60 years, their kids don't want to deal with the burden. So then what happens? So then the neighbor buys it, right? Pretty mm-hmm. quick. The neighbor got bigger and bigger and, and he's considered so-called corporate farm, right? Mm-hmm. No, you have to structure yourself to, to, to incorporate because of liabilities in this state of California, right? You have to protect yourself. So they assume the neighbor's property, right? Because the neighbors, they can't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. Their children don't want out. They no. want out. And, and it's not an easy business. You know, if you think this is just a license to print money being a farmer, I, I think you need to think again. It, it's, it's very, very tough. And I'm kind of offended on the national scene how success is vilified, you know, tax the rich. It's like... People that, that contribute are this unending uh, source of money to fund things that, again, these wish lists. It just can't continue, whether it's farming or manufacturing. Mm-hmm. The state of California is one of the most un- business-unfriendly states in the nation. It has the highest taxation Tax on businesses. People are leaving. They're fleeing. And so I wanted to bring Joe Scotto in today. He asked to come in. I wanted him to come in. I'm so happy he did because, again, this is very tough. It's tough. What this is you? very tough. You know, you don't have to get specific. I've gotten a lot of heat. I've told you some personal stories. People I didn't have, I mean, I still consider them friends, but we're just expressing opinions. Joe's just expressing an opinion. He's trying to stay in business. He doesn't have anything against the college. Yeah, ag, we need ag. They have one of the greatest welding programs out there, blah, blah, blah. They adapt to the community. Hell, my dad started teaching out there in 1962. And I do think he'd be proud of me. But the point is, is... When is enough is enough is enough. We went through this with Prop 13 back in the 70s. And now we're being told, oh, these nameless, faceless, big corporations. Here's a, here's a, here's a voice to one of them right here. I love when you said the main thing we grow and you listed 10 crops. A lot of stuff. You have to diversify. That's right. Costs. One, you know, five crops might not make it. Five crops might not pay. Or one crop might not pay. The other ones have to cover the costs anymore. We're in California, the highest state to do business in. So again, folks, you really need to look at your ballot. Is there anything else we need to cover that folks may have been misled? On? One, these folks aren't liars. What they're saying is the gospel. It's so much to pay back. There, there are buildings out there that may be able to be reused, remodeled. We need to look at that first before we just go down this wish list. We've all seen the glossy flyers. And again, it's 40 years, not 30. And you got to remember those glossy flyers and all that propaganda, all the, you know, I was, I was involved in that. I am on both sides. Right, I agree. That's why I'm, I brought you I'm, in. You're I'm, you're I'm you're impartial. And I'm on a school board, right? I see both sides. I and, agree. And these campaigns to pass these bonds, they're heavily funded. You got consult construction firms. You got law firms. You got architectural firms. You got engineering firms. You got construction trade unions. You got bond underwriters. You got booster organizations, all donating to make sure this bond passed. Why? Because they're going to benefit. Mm-hmm. No, there's a lot of people. This bread's going to be. We're buttered. paying. We're paying for them to pass a bond. To put a tax on us. Right. So you know what? Let's make it a fair tax if we're going to do it that way. That's I agree. That's all I'm asking. And let's, again, yeah, let's make it, you know, some maybe a facilities. Let's define the facilities. Let's get it passed by two-thirds majority. I think you'll have a lot better chance, you know, if you define it a little so bit more, not this, this general thing. And like like Mayor Vialta said from Las Banas, does your city have everything that you need? And you folks out there in the county, Vern's coming for you. And I don't mean in a bad way. He needs a new jail. He needs a brand new jail, and I don't know how much that's going to be per hundred, per parcel, whatever. 
The school districts still need things. We've got, you know, those that live in the city, sewer and water issues. I know there's other issues in the county. Roads. My God, we just went through Measure V. Remember that? Save our roads. Now we got to save our schools. At this point, we'll be rebuilding UC Merced in about 10 years. <laughs> Joe, is there anything else? Mr. Scotto, is there anything else you'd like to say? You know what? I'd just like to say that, you know, Merced, we love this community. Everybody loves this community, this county. Hell, we were all raised in it, right? I was. And uh, met a lot of people, made a lot of friends. And, you know, we can all stand up and say no, right? Why, why, why does somebody have to get mad for somebody to, to just say no? That's all we're saying. Just, fit, just let, Let's just do it the right way. Not no forever. Let's you not know. run down the hill. Let's walk down the hill. Right. That's right. Let's all, let's all get along. Well, Joe, you've been a great guest. Again, I've been trying to get him in here for years. Years! I'm so glad he's come in. See him around town all the time. If you see him, you say hi to Joe Scotto, farmer at large. Don't get him mixed up with his brother. They're both good looking. I was just teasing. Don't get mad at me, Augie. We're done with this hour of Citizen Watch. So happy to have uh, my guest. And uh, we hope to see you next week. Bye-bye.